There are so many similarities between accounting and marketing. We both provide services and oftentimes to groups who do not want anything to do with the services we provide, but it is also so necessary to get them involved. Welcome to the Media Books Podcast, the only place on the internet where creative accounting isn't a bad thing. Owning a virtual firm today means having a professional and modern online presence And in this podcast, we talk about how to do just that. My name is Kristen Corey, and I'm the owner of Media Books, a media agency that provides creativity exclusively to accounting firms. And if you're an accounting firm owner, you're in the right place. Let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Media Books Podcast. In this podcast episode, I am giving you the chance to steal my ideas. I am talking about what Media Books is focusing on this summer And here's the thing, marketing and accounting are so similar. I talk about it all the time, but really I want to give you the chance to look through my ideas, kind of see what we're working on behind the curtains, talk about the strategies I'm implementing this summer, and going to give you some ideas on how you can translate these same concepts to your own firm. It's going to be like our very own mastermind. But first, let's get into a few news articles. The first one is from Marketing Brew, and it talks about the rise of the micro-influencer creator trends taking over 2023. Now, I'm sure you've heard of like being an influencer on social media, but micro-influencers are essentially influencers, but they have a smaller audience. They don't have like a million or even like a hundred thousand subscribers. Think like probably 50 to 30,000 or less, sometimes as like few as a thousand people in their community. Micro-influencers can be really helpful for businesses like yours because they have a specific audience that they are very likely targeting. And I like this type of advertising so much because it takes a lot of the work out of setting up traditional ads like Facebook ads or Google ads. So for example, we recently purchased some classified ads from the bookkeeping side hustle Facebook group uh, and newsletter. This, I mean, there are only pros that came from this sort of micro-influencer relationship. First, the audience is already built. So I already know that most, well, I'm going to assume probably a good assumption that most of the people that are subscribed to the bookkeeping side hustle uh, newsletter probably have some sort of bookkeeping or accounting business or they're thinking about it. That is my audience. Those are kind of people that we work with. And so I can really have some confidence in the people that are going to see our ad. The second thing is I'm not going to be spending time doing all these keyword searches or trying to figure out what people are going to type like I would in Google. I'm not setting up Facebook pixels. It's very technical, technical wise. It is very straightforward. And if you're someone that's like, I don't want to spend hours trying to figure out how to set up all the technical backend stuff, but maybe you're good with building relationships and networking. That's more my side of things. That's more what I would prefer to do. I'd rather build a partnership and talk with someone, try to build up that relationship as opposed to figuring out on the technical back end all these different plugs and code and all this other stuff. So technical wise, it's so much easier. And then third, the community is small enough where you can make a recognizable name for yourself and have that relationship ongoing. So for example, with the bookkeeping side hustle, 
Facebook group. I'm active in there. I post from time to time. I'll respond to comments. I've done different partnerships with Kate in the past. And so it's a small enough community that I can sort of build a good reputation in there. Same thing with other micro-influencers. If you find that they have a community, whether it's like a Facebook group or it's an Instagram and they're small enough and all their, their target audience is an audience you would like to target yourself, it's a great place to start. It's accessible. There's not a huge barrier to entry. You can definitely do this too. If you have a niche, find other people who also serve that niche. Oftentimes, you're going to find that the community is small enough that you can make a great impact and Honestly, it can be so much more cheaper than Facebook or Google or any of the other options out there. The second article that I want to talk about, oh, and by the way, these articles, I always link them in the show notes. So if you want to see more what Marketing Brew has to say about the rise of the micro-influencer, how it is going to be a big trend for 2023, probably 2024 as well, um, you can check out the show notes. Next article is from Social Media Today. New report highlights best time for you to post. And now here's the thing. You, so, okay, well, let's first talk about the article. If you go to the article, they break it down by platform, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and they have uh, little kind of blocks. It's very visual on when you're going to see the most activity and the most engagement. Typically for most platforms, that is going to be from 9am till 12pm. Um, And so that's, you know, morning, early noon, Monday through Friday, typically when people get to work and they realize what they have to do and then they want to zone out. It's going to be your best time to post. And in an earlier podcast episode, it was episode 206, I talked about set it and forget it marketing. And the whole idea was to take your marketing assets and really consider what is the short shelf life versus what's going to get you a return on your investment long term. That helps with not only just getting a bigger investment, but also kind of trying to save you time and focusing on what capacity you have. So if you focus on when people are posting or going to be active the most, and you cross-reference that with, you know, Facebook only having, we'll say what, six to 20 hour shelf life per post, you want to make sure you're posting at the right time. And so you don't need to get super granular with like, okay, I need to post at 9 a.m. versus 11 a.m., but having a general window can help. And if you notice that you're struggling to get engagement on some of your social media content, this is one of the areas that we definitely want to check as, as marketers is consider what time are we posting? What days are we posting? If you have this fabulous marketing budget, like, you know, you can hire a full-time marketing staff, then you can get super specific on the days and the specific hours and each platform and segmenting out. But if you, you know, you're a one person team or you have a CMO that you outsource, you can generally just look at kind of what's the good window to post, kind of get a good general idea. And then on your different scheduling apps. So if you use something like Buffer, you can have preset times that you want to post. So you can say every Monday, I want to have a preset time that I post at 9, 18 a.m. Tuesday, I want to try posting at 10, 06 Wednesday, and then you can set that all up. So when you do upload your posts into something like Buffer, it's already all set. You don't even have to think about it. But just having this information in mind when you're putting together those settings can help a lot. (laughs) 
There are so many similarities between accounting and marketing. We both provide services and oftentimes to groups who do not want anything to do with the services we provide, but it is also so necessary to get them involved. So in this podcast episode, really, I want to talk about some of these ideas and I want to start off with one of the ones that can maybe help you get your audience a little bit more involved in your marketing. I feel like I have to do a disclaimer for like every podcast episode, but this is just kind of new mom life now. If you hear squeaking in the background, that is a three and a half month old um, that we are also entertaining while recording a podcast. And this is just life now. Um, so please just find the squeaking cute and not distracting. Anyways, the first area that I want to talk about an idea that we're doing for the summer is really focusing on simplifying our services, our offerings, and addressing pain points. Now, of course, addressing pain points, that's usually how you build services, but wanting to focus in more on, okay, with this service offering, is there anything that's causing friction between making this an even more successful relationship? How can we really wow our clients or do something that no one else has even thought of before. And one of our service offerings is website templates. And I'm not, honestly, I know this is going to sound like a sales pitch and I'm not going to just talk about our services the entire podcast episode. At the end of each section, I'm going to talk about how you can specifically implement something like this to your own accounting firm. So hang in there. Website templates. Some feedback that we get with these is that there's concern over how do you square space or it feels like it's a little bit too complex, completely out of the realm of what you, you know, our clients usually use day to day. So I'm creating a more simplified training process and creating specific pages in our website templates so that you can get messy, make mistakes so that you don't spend time, you know, in this learning curve of labor on pages that you actually want to put out into the world. So you have kind of a space where you, you're free to make mistakes. Talk about how we can impl implement this into your own firm. You're using tech that while you may be very comfortable using, your clients may not, it may very well feel new to them. The language is probably going to feel awkward and new to them. What is match? What is reconcile? What are all these different things? And so talking about kind of how you can simplify this process. Do people know how the how to work all the tech that you use? Can you simplify the onboarding process even more? How can you provide them with more support? So for example, maybe you create gated content on YouTube that walks your clients through some of the basic questions. So like how to use QuickBooks or let's say you have a process for asking them, you know, what are these transactions? Maybe you send them an Excel doc. Maybe if you use zero, you use like the discussion tab. This just reminds me, I had back in my bookkeeping days, we used zero for a client and for months we were saying, Hey, we need to know what these cat, we need to know what these transactions are. Your transactions are building up. We don't know. We need more information. Like, do you want to meet and trying to get a hold of him? He finally says, okay, like I'm going to go into zero and I'm going to, you know, I'll tell you what each of these transactions are. And he goes to the discussion tab and he types, types them all out, he sends me an email, says, Hey, I filled out all the discussion, you know, box sections. I told you what all the transactions are. Um, you know, why, why, why aren't things reconciled? I go in, I check. He didn't hit save. I don't know if it's zero is still like this, but 
at least when I was doing bookkeeping, once you type something in that discussion tab, you then had to click save in order for someone to then go in and see what you wrote. It created definitely some frustration there. And so do your clients know how to use the tech that you are using with them? This is everything from Xero and QuickBooks to if you're using like Client Hub. Any sort of tech out there, you can create simple how-tos so that you can make sure that that process is seamless. The second area of our services that we're focusing on and trying to simplify is our website design. So we, we design websites for our clients and sometimes we'll go back, check on our clients, see how they're doing. Um, and we notice like something kind of changed on the website. It's like, oh, like they, it looks like they updated it a little bit. And whenever we deliver a website, we provide a video with training on how to update different pieces of your website. But you know, if you're not a web designer, sometimes things get lost or there's a learning curve. And again, having to do that with your website that's already public and out there, you don't want to be making all these mistakes. So we've started a website maintenance support plan. And really, it's very cheap, $60 a month. It gets them some, you know, website maintenance and some other little freebies. But the idea is to help them get more value out of their website without having to like, you know, spend hours on YouTube tutorials. How can you implement this at your own firm? How can you provide continued support for maybe some of those one-off services that you offer? And I'm not talking about like tax planning to people who purchase a tax return for or who employ you for tax return services. If you have those one-time trainings or one-time purchases, is there a way that you can keep the relationship going, provide continued support at a lower price point. Um, now, of course, if you can sell them on something like tax planning, that's fantastic, but how can you help them get more value out of that one-time service that you offer? Our website maintenance allows for continued support, but we require a three-month commitment at the very least, and it's only email support. So not only are we able to help maintain the quality of the websites that we design, not only are we able to help our clients out more, it also allows us to keep our direct labor costs low and provide them with support to quickly get updates. The next thing that I'm working on this summer is focusing on creating more passive marketing and income opportunities. So no doubt being a new mom, I do not have the time that I once did. And as you can tell by the squeaking in the background, I also don't want to just kind of phone it in. I want to make sure that we are maintaining quality that I'm focusing on these passive opportunities and not just doing what everyone else did. And so here, here's a kind of a few ways that we're doing it. One is with passive marketing, uh, focusing on marketing strategies that have a longer ROI. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I talked about this in episode 206 about set it and forget it marketing, really focusing on things that I can continue to use days, weeks, months later on. And I also want to give kind of an example of how I use this recently. So I had a huge spike in email list subscribers because I combined doing a lead magnet with the micro influencing that I talked about in, in an ad, uh, in our, not our ad, in our um, news articles at the beginning of this podcast episode, but I purchased an ad. So combining a lead magnet with a micro influencer ad, we got a huge spike in email list subscribers. 
Now, this is something that you can do. This is a way that I got a little bit of return on my investment from creating an ad. I can continue to email those subscribers and continue to market them and kind of allow that relationship to slowly build over time. Again, I can still continue to use this lead magnet too. I can continue to promote it. I can continue to have it on my website, but these are kind of the passive marketing ways that I'm trying to save myself time. Overall, I spent maybe an hour to put this lead magnet together and to set up the ad with, uh, with the bookkeeping side hustle, Facebook group, compare that to how long it takes me to write social media posts and create the graphics and schedule the content. It's so much quicker. And I got such a higher return on my investment there. So focusing on passive marketing and then also focusing on passive income. The thing about passive income is it seems so like overdone. So many people seem to be selling something on Etsy or kind of just throwing something together and putting it out there. And I want to make sure that we maintain quality with whatever, with whatever we put out there. Cause oftentimes this is going to be the first sort of introduction that people have to what it's like to work with us. And when it comes to marketing, I mean, it's very similar to accounting. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we have a lot of similarities. And one thing is that our work is very labor heavy. So much of what we do is going to directly correlate to that direct labor. Having sort of a buffer with passive income allows me some flexibility when it want to focus on some research projects, figure out, you know, hey, we've never done this. Let's spend some time making mistakes and figure out how to get this right. Um, it allows me some time to hire someone that doesn't necessarily do direct revenue generating activities. It allows me time to build up our emergency savings. And so um, focusing kind of on this other separate piece with passive income and the new opportunities that it can build um, is going to be super helpful to us for this summer. Now, when it comes to figuring out what sort of passive income uh, avenues I wanted to go down. I was looking for something that addressed pain points, obviously, but I also wanted something that would support the goals of our other services. So primarily web design. Focusing on lead net lead magnets has been a big passive income item for us and they support our web design projects. So they can be implemented quickly, both on our end, we can put them together fairly simply, um, just because of our background with writing this sort of content and then also using Canva, which is what we use to deliver the templates. They're easy to use for both us and our clients. Typically the clients and the people that find us that are listening to the podcast, um, that, you know, interact with us online, you guys are familiar with Canva. You're familiar with all the tech that we use. So there isn't a lot of, you know, Hey, this is how you have to use the lead template. You generally know. And then third, it relates to our overall message of creativity, supporting web design. Lead magnets are an excellent way or an excellent item to put on your website as like a pop-up or a little bit of value add for collecting email addresses and they're accounting obsessed. So it kind of has, it encompasses everything we want and they're great for our, not only our own clients that we work with on a monthly basis, but also people that aren't our, you know, month to month clients or even web design clients. If you visit our website once, you can kind of get some use out of the lead magnets. How can you implement this at your own accounting firm? So you're a wizard. <laughs> That's so lame. You're a wizard. You're an expert with Excel. Um, you know how to use Excel. I'm sure you have calculators that you've put together and spreadsheets. Is there something that you can design that not only your clients would find helpful, but 
people that you don't work with on a month-to-month basis. Uh. Is there a way that you can advertise this, market this, and sell the template? So for example, one issue that I don't care what sort of business niche Facebook group you're in, everyone struggles with pricing. Could you put together a calculator that is super simple, easy to read, with all the formulas and equations in there on how to put together a price? Have the direction say, hey, you want to figure out a price for your, you know, your widgets. This is where you put the number for raw materials. This is where you put the number for direct labor. Here's where you put your fixed expenses, uh, you know, all the different items. I'm like blanking on what's fixed. Variable expenses. This is where you put everything. And out out is going to come a price that we recommend. You can have like a disclaimer saying, you know, this is going to change from industry to another or what state, depending on sales tax and all these other things. But you can put something together like that that people are going to find super helpful. You can do it at a fairly low price point, And it's a great sort of item you can have on your website for some, some passive income. This is something that you can typically make into like an ebook or a download, but with that higher level of technical know-how and Excel, it's something that you can most certainly charge for. It's also something that your clients and people who are not your regular clients can use. And the third area that I'm focusing on is creating partnerships. It is so difficult living in Japan and trying to do this. I will say, you know, if you are new here, first off, I live in Japan, my husband's in the military, and we're stationed over here. Trying to build partnerships when there are time zone differences, physical distance is obviously something. I can't easily attend conferences, I can't easily show up on webinars or be like a guest on podcasts, simply because it's really hard to meet with people at 1am. I've done it before. I've done it in the past for a few people. And honestly, it's not something that I usually um, bring up or say yes to just because I need sleep. And so honestly, I just don't like doing it at 1am. But Having said all that, there are workarounds when it comes to wanting to build a network and work with people who I really respect and I really want to find a way to work with. And so typically what I do is I talk about our affiliate program and we have an affiliate offering where, you know, they can get a little bit of, uh, you know, financial compensation for promoting our services or um, website templates, different things like that. How can you implement it? Well, of course, you can have your own affiliate offering just as we do, but there are tons of ways you can really get creative with your services and partnering with different people. For example, there are a ton of coaches and consultants out there who talk about the different ways that people can grow their businesses. They'll focus on marketing operations. Not a lot of them focus on accounting or bookkeeping. And frankly, yeah, I know it's a shame. (laughs) Sorry. And the reason for that is honestly, they probably just don't have enough education themselves to teach it. So if you can partner with them or find a way where it's a win-win, provide that education, be that partner, be that voice to their audience that can provide them with great bookkeeping tips or tax tips, that's a great way to kind of build a relationship, to build sort of a network and, you know, work off one one another. If you can find someone that has the same niche as you, even better. For example, let's say there are web designers that provide services specifically to real estate agents, or there's marketers for fitness influencers, are there lawyers for nonprofits, whatever your niche is, if you can find a micro influencer in that same space to partner with, 
to provide your specific services to, you're just compounding on that audience. Everyone likes to talk about passive income, but what about passive marketing? Specifically, lead magnets. Lead magnets are an excellent way to grow your email list. Add one to your website and watch your email list grow over time. It is set it and forget it marketing. Visit our lead magnets library where you can purchase lead magnets for everything from reading a balance sheet and income statement to sales tax 101. Add your brand colors, hit publish, watch your email list grow. Visit MediaBooksAgency.com and under our resources tab, you will find our Lead Magnets library where you can get started today. MediaBooks, the only place on the internet where creative accounting isn't a bad thing.